If I get too close to fish stuff, my whole hands and arms break out in hives. I don't have to eat it. I break out into hives. Oh, my God. I know it's so not funny. funny, but in my head, it's like I'm turning into a <laughs> werewolf. So and you're just like, ah! <laughs> like as, as the scales, like, shoot up your arms. A werewolf who can't enjoy his life. Yeah, it's a great time. A very sleepy werewolf on Benadryl. Oh, no, it's the fucking shellfish moon. <laughs> It's Joe the Werefish. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1. The show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Ghosts. Ghosts went 27 episodes over four series on BBC One. Today we're talking about episode one, which is called Who Do You Think You Are? Originally airing April 15, 2019. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, most of them, Joe, Gordo, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? No Nick this week. Hello. Yo. Very inspiring. Very long, and a few smutty jokes to keep it light. It's like us. <laughs> Truth. Also, we should uh, make it clear we're doing the British version of yes. Ghost. UK Ghost. UK Ghost meant uh, meant it after the. I didn't know how to say it in the intro in a way that sounded natural. <laughs> this week, so, everybody, uh, we're doing Ghost. Ghost UK. UK. <laughs> yeah, just add a UK at the end, like Chaos UK, like the band Chaos UK. They're Chaos, but they're from England. It's perfect. I like Chaos America better. They're, they were not as good. I will say that when I saw Chaos UK live once, uh, it was the largest belly button I've ever seen on a man in my entire life. <laughs> the singer was a very heavy set man, and his belly button was maybe six inches long. And I don't remember the whole like set. I remember going, his belly button. Yo, it was an Audi, all right. Yeah, it was Ew. an Audi. Like a tiny dick? Bigger than a tiny dick. Probably as, just a dick. Like a, like a good sized <laughs> dick, honestly. How do, you, it was pretty how, intense. how do you even have that? No, I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> starting off with a bang. Yeah. So this is great um, band, bad belly button. What do you want from me? This is week two of our unnamed spooky month. Uh, for Halloween, we always do four. Uh, throughout the month of October, we do four uh, paranormal, spooky type shows. You know. Um. So I have a quick question though. In that regard, has anybody here kept watching Mr. Iglesias? No, because no. it sucked. Really? Because I fucking love it. Also, I can't stop singing the se- the theme song in the X-Men. Go back and listen to Mr. Glacius. Uh, overall, spoiler alert, we, we gave it the green light. Ferg just hated it. Yeah, Ferg just didn't like it. I enjoy it very much. I've been watching it all the way through, even though I was not on that episode because I was unable to attend that day. And I can't stop singing the theme song to the X-Men cartoon. I was going to ask you uh, why you did that. Song. <laughs> yeah, I just can't stop. My, my brain just connected the two and I can't stop. But I watched one today as I was getting ready to start. And see, you heard it. And uh, they said spooky dookie in it. And I was like, oh, that's so perfect. That's us. That's us. Like, it, that's this like is our sh- stupid. Well, I don't say our because that includes me. But that's like a few of your stupid joke. This is the spooky dookie month. I don't know why we haven't officially named it. Uh, no, we're gonna, unofficially. Uh, <laughs> no name for the month. We never. Uh, we are on year three. We can't name it now. Now it's just going to be the. Halloween. I mean, if you want to hashtag it spooky dookie, maybe we'll get some of that Mr. Iglesias uh, love on it. 
By the time we finally get a name for it, we're going to run out of Supernatural shows. In yeah, October. next year. Next <laughs> no, year. There's, there's no, plenty. I got plenty. There's, I got plenty. It's, it's getting harder and harder to pick good ones. It doesn't have to be good ones. Yeah, <laughs> that funny. said, I will say, this is the English version of a show. I, we have, I personally have not watched the American version of this show. Neither have But I. dare I say, this feels to me mentally by watching the trailer for the American show that this is a reverse office scenario. Where I think the English one is going to be way better than the American one. Well, stay tuned, everyone, because you'll find the answer to that next year. <laughs> 52 <laughs> weeks from yeah. now. So just sit, <laughs> sit back and wait. And then next year, when we cover the American version of Ghosts, uh, you, you'll know our direct comparison. Hopefully it's not identical like I think it is the first episode. I kind of want it to be. I think it's funner to, to compare that way. I think it's probably pretty similar, but the ghosts are obviously very different because it's a different... It's different ghosts different well different like history of the country yeah like that's what i mean like it's yeah. different history of the country so like the people who are like from it like it's it's different yeah it's not gonna be proper english people yeah that makes sense i will say though the genius of this show is to go back as far as to be like this person was a caveman who lived on the land <laughs> yeah where it's not about the house it's about the fucking like the patch of earth that's very funny as far as ghost goes I think you're the one who initially mentioned it to us. Did you watch it before this, or did any of you guys watch it? I watched it on one of our trips to WrestleMania on the plane there. They had the British version. I don't think the American version even came out yet. And I watched, uh, I think, three episodes going there and three going back. But I don't remember which. um... The beauty of the UK series are all much shorter than the American, so you can (laughs) easy to binge through. uh, Yeah, like a whole season is three episodes. And then, yeah, the two of you guys, did you guys ever watch it? No. Yeah, I had not even heard of this, and I, I love British comedy. I love BBC shows, uh, Channel One stuff, all that stuff. I I had never even heard of this, but it's it feels like it's in our wheelhouse. I'm surprised that this never came up. I think again, though, this is the problem with the cutting the cord thing. Mm. Like we used to see stuff by happenstance because it was yeah. on, right? Like yeah, Gorda, we've talked about how we both watched Red Dwarf, right? Because it yep. was on on Tuesday nights. It's very right. hard to go find a show like that if you're not looking for it. You know what I mean? And now a show like this that a bunch of people, I think, would find very funny is probably very hard to find because if you're not looking for it, where is it, right? No, I imagine it's probably on BritBox if you subscribe I, to that. I keep wanting to pull the trigger me because too. I keep... My sister once a day sends me a meme that is a mashup of The Simpsons and um, either Are You Being Served or Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> and I'm like, I just need to get BritBox. I can't do it. It was so hard for me to finally get Paramount Plus, and I really wanted that. So I can't yeah. spend on another streaming service. I'm sure everybody here can, everybody can relate we're listening to. We're at a point right now where it's like, <laughs> I pay so much money for streaming services and Sling that it's more expensive than cable was, and I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I was trying to see where this was available, and the only thing that like pulled up when I did a Google was, oh, it's available on like Amazon Video in the UK. So I hmm. used my handy dandy vpn and i switched over to the uk and i checked but it still made you buy the episode so i was like yeah. Wait, that's not what i thought i thought i got to watch the season i, I just did that. i thought it used to be on hulu but i might be wrong it's, it's on it was on one of them i feel like it was streaming somewhere yeah i will say though now the, the funniest and like the smartest thing ever is i don't know if you guys have noticed this lately but you go looking for something you really want to watch and it's like available on amazon and you're like awesome i pay for prime and it's like on freebie you're going to get 40 fucking commercials. And you're like, God fucking damn it. So the past year, we just talked about it. I've been obsessed with rewatching Miami Vice. 
And I stopped for the summer because in our room at night, we have to have the air conditioner on in the summer, right? It's so loud. And you can't watch a show like that with so much music and atmosphere. You mean the, um, the modern remake version, though, right? I mean, that movie is, is good. It's still Michael Mann, but I mean the original show. So I, I just hadn't watched it in like three months. I was like, I'm getting back into Miami Vice. I was so excited because now it's air conditioner out season. And then it was like last episode of season three, season four started. And I had a legitimate moment where I was like, when I was watching this, did I think I would finish this? And I was drunk and I bought this fourth season ahead of time. Because if so, Joe, that was some great drunk foresight. And then it was just like, nope, now it is T free V or whatever. And there was like a 14 minute commercial and I immediately <laughs> hit pause and I spent $20 and bought the season. I fucking will not fucking support you free V. Think of all the Frank Thomas commercials you're going to miss. Oh God. I mean, to be fair, if they just only did Frank Thomas, I would be fine. Do you think Frank Thomas would ever come on our show? Nope. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think he would, because I think Frank Thomas would do anything for a paycheck. I think it's just about what amount of money. I think he'll call us all Can little boy. Can we afford Frank Thomas? No. <laughs> I don't know what Nugenics is paying, but I'm assuming for $1,000 we could get Frank Thomas. Nope, still don't think so. Uh, regardless, uh, I want to go over a couple numbers as far as the ratings go. Uh, we've already talked about the validity of Rotten Tomatoes, but in, for now we're going to still look at them. Rotten Tomatoes gives us a 95% with a 91% audience score. IMDb scores this one at an 8.3 out of 10. So a uh, pretty well-received show across uh, the people and the critics. I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah, no shock after watching. I mean, we'll, we'll deep dive it as we get into it, but I can see why, especially on a critic level, I can see why it's liked. Yeah. And I want to plug our socials at s1e1pod.com. That's where you can go to find all our links to where you can listen to us, where to follow us on social media. Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, S1E1Pod. Hit us up there. Talk to us. We like to know what kind of shows you want us to cover. Just tell us how you found us in general. It's always nice getting to meet you guys. So hit us up on those. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any other tidbits about this show, but, you know, we got a lot One to One thing cover. I'd like to say, though, to that, to any of our UK fan base listening right now, you guys have been great recommending shows to us that are UK shows that maybe just aren't played here. Like, we mentioned earlier, right? There are some shows played here a lot as kids, and we know them, right? But I think there's a lot of interesting things like this that we don't know about. If you think there is other stuff like this that is interesting, like, let us know, because just a lot of it isn't shown over here, and I would love to know more about it. We can cover more of it. Yeah, slide into those DMs. Yeah, we're big fans of your TV, so. And we've gotten some good suggestions, and, you know, to yeah. be completely honest and forthcoming with you guys, we do okay numbers in the UK, so thank you to those of you listening out there. But uh, yeah, to get into the episode itself, um, kind of opens up and we just see these establishing shots of this house. It's like an old abandoned looking house. You see room by room, nothing kind of anywhere. And eventually we get into like the bedroom and we see this old woman. Uh, her name's Heather Button and she's laying in bed and you can tell she's kind of on her last moments in life. And standing all around the bed, you see all what we come to find out are ghosts. And they're all kind of a various time periods. And they're all watching over her as she's, you know, about to pass on. I'm like, oh, this poor thing and this and that. And it kind of turns into this bet of whether or not she's going to be joining them. And then as she's finally passing on, you kind of see her spirit raise up. And then she just goes, nope. And then it just kind of bursts <laughs> off into, into the heavens and decides to not uh, stay part of the, the ghost tribe that's over in this house. I don't know if it's because it's a British sitcom or not, but my notes for the first part, like I'm just writing it as I'm watching it. I'm like intro 
fog-swept British mansion. I was like, that's the most amazing prose I've ever written in notes for a fucking sitcom <laughs> ever. Like a fog-swept British mansion. It's and like, I'll Jesus tell you this. Christ. One thing that, like, killed me is in describing this first scene, obviously it doesn't sound like there's a lot of comedy there. There's a point where, like, one of the ghosts is, um, like, this headless guy. It's a He must have been decapitated, so it's kind of the bit where you see the body holding the head. We've seen this on other shows and cartoons before. Yeah. He's the first one to say something like humorous to kind of cut the tension, but I could not make out what he said, so I couldn't write down the quote, and it killed me. Oh, I thought he said, lift, lift me up. Lift he me up so on. I can see. Yeah, he's constantly talking to his body, and also, like, I had to look ahead because I don't explain it here, but the they do explain the reasons for everybody, or how everybody died, and it it is pretty funny. A lot of it's touched on. How long did it take you guys to notice the British, the, the British, I'm sorry, the, um, the Boy Scout guy, <laughs> the Boy Scout guy's arrow in his neck? I, I thought it was a pencil at first. <laughs> no, I was I noticed, so far into the episode before yeah. I even noticed it. I was about like 10 minutes in, 10, 15 minutes in. Literally my fourth line goes, Boy Scout has a pencil in his neck? And then there's this, <laughs> an arrow up that says arrow, because two minutes later I was like, oh, remember to call it an arrow, you figured it out. Because like, there's no arrow tip to it. He couldn't have been a Boy Scout, though. I think he was more of like a troop leader. A man scout? Yeah, probably a scout leader. No, not he's a like man a scout. A, usually Boy Scouts have an adult who, like, guides them along. Yeah. Not a bunch of children running free, and it's not a, oh, we need a man scout to accompany us. It's like just a troop leader. <laughs> man scout. Well, you guys scout love independent master. wrestling. There is man scout Jake Manning. Yeah, that's what, that's probably what, what that, that is. is. Yeah, Thanks. neither do I. Yeah, that's definitely it. He's an indie wrestler who's an adult man who's a Boy Scout. That's... Either way. But I will say... Is he the guy in the rails that fights the tent? Yes. Okay, I've seen him. He yeah, sucks. Yeah, so you know who I'm talking about. He's, comedy wrestling he's like, sucks. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I'm not a huge comedy wrestling guy either, but I'm just saying, that fits to what we're saying. But I will say, uh, I think one of the greatest things you figure out right away, before even everybody talks, is, like, there are ghosts here, and you realize that they're from all eras, and I think that is such a great conceit to a show, because you've got people who were stuck in a time they lived in, Yes. Dealing with the time they're in now. I, I can't think of anything like that distinct where there's almost one person representing all different <laughs> eras through time like that. So I, I did think that was a unique take on this. There's even like a caveman who's been like dead so long that he's actually intelligent now. Like he wins in chess <laughs> yeah. later and stuff. He's had time to learn. Yeah. He's being amongst the rest of them. I mean, that's a jump ahead. There's a whole part of this episode that's about plague zombies, basically, who <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just are really good at furnace repair because they've been living in a basement for so long. Like, that shit is so fucking wildly so funny. It's insane. We also kind of find out in this moment that they're all sort of, I mean, kind of related in a way, right? Like, they all live there. Yeah, they're all family. They're all like tenants of this of this mansion at one point or another. So for the most part... They're not part, all family. Some are family. I thought that they were all from the same tree, though. That no, they all inherited so, it. No, the only one related directly to the Fanny only that sure, died right? is, is the, uh, cause she, the one who says, like, that's the last button. And she's the one that got pushed out the window. And But they all oh, lived okay. there at one point in time. So maybe the, the button house didn't last forever. But, I mean, they all lived there at one point in or- or another. No, because so Pat, the Boy Scout guy, he was killed on the grounds because the grounds were hosting like, oh. a Boy Scout event. So it's okay. not all family. Oh. It's people who could have been in the vicinity. I don't know what the politician, who by far is my favorite character in yes. this whole show. I don't know. Their whole thing was he died during a sex scandal. That's why he's pantsless, which I think is so funny. It's so good. But 
I don't know why or why he was on that property. We try to do the not to jump ahead stuff too much, but you kind of just did it with the scout guy. Uh, the thing with him, that Julian's like the politician dude. The early plans, did you see this? Like early plans where no. he was going to be like, there were talks of having him dress more BDSM. And like the thought is, I guess, like he died like during like an autoerotic asphyxiation situation. I guess he's he's made to, I forget the guy's name. I didn't write it down. I meant to. David Carradine? No, <laughs> but he is um, being somewhat based on a specific politician. Okay. He's like, he's an MP. He's like a Tory who was like in a sex scandal, right? It's a very British sort of thing, but I will say it's like a, you know, I mean, how many politicians in America have we had? Like, there's an obvious um, relation to that, right? Like politicians are like, it's not an American exclusive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just yeah. saying like that, that character is like so universal that I think that works really well for anybody watching this show. He also looked like, oh, crap, from, like, It's a Mighty Wind and, like, all those Christopher Guest movies. The, the hey, what happened guy. Oh, my God. R.I.P. And oh, he yes. just passed away last year, and it broke my heart. How what happened? Yeah. I don't think so. He <laughs> looks just like him, right? Fred Willard. Yes. Maybe it's him because he's a real ghost now. Yeah, Fred Willard is a ghost now. Although, to be fair, to be fair... Fred Willard does show up on the last season. Uh, he's Phil's dad in Modern Family, and he looks yes. so so old. That, like he broke he my dies heart. on Modern Family. It's one of yeah, the he saddest dies in Modern Family. Can very hard. It was uh, that was a tough day for me watching that episode. You know, it's funny actually. The the actor who plays Julian uh, Simon Farnaby. If you look at like his picture on like IMDb. He has, like, very curly hair there. So he's, yeah, like, he's like a big mop of curly hair. He looks so different just because his hair is different. It's insane. Do you think it's weird to, like... So everybody has a costume on, basically, right? Like, you always think, like, it must be hard to spend your whole day dressed like a scout leader in, like, little shorts. But that dude literally just has to wear, like, a long button-up shirt, sock garters, and his underwear <laughs> all day long. That's so fucking... That's gotta suck. I mean, like, I'm sure he puts pants on, but, like, I always love the stories of actors who were, like... And then I, like, went into town to get a coffee, and I didn't realize that I still had the, like, swastika tattoo on my neck because I'm playing, like, a bad guy in a movie and nobody would talk to me at the coffee shop. <laughs> like, you can't even go with, like, I guess you wear track pants or something? I mean, he's got it better than the headless guy. I meant you have to carry your head around all day. <laughs> Latte! Latte! <laughs> After this woman passes on, there's kind of that moment where all the ghosts kind of shuffle out of the room. And, and they do question who's going to be living here next. What's going to happen to this house? And you have that one guy, Thomas, who's like, her life was like a play. And he's like going on this like almost <laughs> this like long poem. And like everyone's you know, just flooding out of the room. No one's listening to him at all. And when he turns around and sees no one's there, it's kind of the end of that scene. And we get the cut to uh, this married couple. And that's Allison and Michael. And they're modern day living people. And you see them searching for a home together. A flat a flat. Uh, flat. So they're they're looking at uh, this place, and it's not the nicest. And they they basically they're, they're kind of talking shit about the place as they're looking at it, which is fair. But the realtor is like right behind them. And when you get like that pan to reveal that, he's like, "Oh no no, don't worry about it. Like I, I wouldn't move here either." I think everybody's been there, right? Like we've all been yeah. in like situations with the realtor where they're like, "This apartment has great light," and you're like, "No, it fucking doesn't. This is a nightmare." Yeah, I do like how they looked out the window and they, they were like, oh, it's a fish and pizza plays. And they're like, well, we do like both of those things. Yeah. It's a Joe allergy hell. It's like, <laughs> I can't even go in this place. On a windy day, Joe just breaks out. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> a wind wind It's <laughs> a beautiful house right next to this hives. I was gonna say like that's what happens. If I get too close to fish stuff, my whole hands and arms break out in hives. I don't have to eat it, I break out into hives. And then I have to take Benadryl and then I'm all drowsy and I can't do anything for the rest of the day. Because on Benadryl, you're basically a child. Oh my god. I know it's so not funny. funny, but in my head it's like I'm turning into a <laughs> werewolf and you're just like, <laughs> like as, as the scales like shoot up your arms. A werewolf who can't enjoy his life. Yeah, it's a great time. A very sleepy werewolf on Benadryl. Oh no, it's the fucking shellfish moon. <laughs> it's Joe the werefish. <laughs> So anyways, uh, while they're in this house, Allison gets a phone call and she kind of heads off to take the call and it's like the solicitor like telling her about this house and she's like, oh, sorry, like we can't afford this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you don't understand. You inherited a house. And then you get that pan. It's like, woo. And then they go into the intro. So we find out that she's basically the heir to the button house. This is basically this. I, I kept adding on to this, but at this point I was like, oh, it's King Ralph. This is the plot of King Ralph. Which yeah. I feel like I've brought up a number of times on this podcast for some reason, which is like the least enjoyed John Goodman movie of all time. But to reiterate, King Ralph. I like King he, Ralph. It's a, it's a great movie. But the premise is everybody of the royal family gets killed when they're taking a full family photograph because they get electrocuted. And they're <laughs> like, well, we have to find the nearest person to the throne. And it cuts to John Goodman, who's a Las Vegas uh, like lounge singer. And he becomes the king. And that's basically the premise of this show well she becomes a lady she She does lady Lady gaga (laughs) get it for gaga we get the intro to the show and it's kind of like you see these kind of it's the house and dollhouse form and you kind of just get these like flashes where all these ghosts kind of appear and disappear all the ghosts from this house the actual characters uh it's brief but i I think effective not much to it but i think visually it looked really nice Yeah, good supernatural music too yeah it's like is diorama the the right word here is that a diorama i would think so i think we call it a diorama no because this is like a full like dollhouse it's not really a diorama it would have to be like a half right but you don't know because there's no third there's no fourth wall yeah i thought the diorama you had to like look what are they gonna break ah Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, they break the fourth wall on Mr. Iglesias constantly <laughs> as they go on. Including Oscar from The Office going, I'm finally free of The Office! And then turning to the camera and being like, <laughs> like, alright everybody, let's cool it down, no more drinking. Do you feel like, if you were to watch this intro isolated from the show itself, you would not know that there's any like air of comedy to it, though? No, it's, no. it's played very serious. A lot of supernatural, even funny shows tend to do that i think it's just a genre really it's a lot of british comedies where they take serious situations and they yeah they play them sorry funny situations but play them straight that's just the way it is it's dry right and like that's the greatest thing about british humor is there's always an element of just being very dry and i think that you know having such an absurd show i mean like there are so many absurd jokes in the next scene even like you could t- you can track the next funny joke. You know right away what's going to happen. Is that when like when they're talking to the guy and they're finding out the details about getting this house? Yeah, like you I feel like you can tell all of that and the scene where they're driving to the house like I feel like you can see it ahead of time if you know the the premise, but the idea of like but we're trying to be serious about it is is very funny. Yeah, so after the intro is like I said they're sitting there and they're learning the details about them inheriting this house. We kind of see the family tree situation that leads her to being the heir to this mansion. 
And she's like way off in the distance, but there's just like nobody left alive. So by default, she's getting this house. Her great, great step aunt. And he's like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, like, yeah that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, but, not a thing. <laughs> but she's trying to make sense of it. And, uh, you know, and we find out that, you know, Lady Heather had no other relatives. And that's when we kind of get that thing, too, about like, oh, so like, I'm, am I a lady like Lady Gaga? And I figured, <laughs> Joe, did this bother you? This typically would bother you. I was bringing it up. This did not bother me. Oh, interesting. She's like Why? a mega pop star. It's like almost okay. like Michael Jackson levels. I th- find that acceptable. She's so big and omnipresent that I was just like, that's fine. Like, I'm not mad about this. There are other things, I think, too, that they like. Like, I think they reference Kim Wilde later, and that made me feel like, okay, because I'm like, okay, like, they're keeping it insular a little bit. They're not going outside of. So I thought the Lady Gaga thing, like, look, I know who that is. That doesn't isolate me. You know what I mean? Like, I know who that girl is. Lady, woman. I don't say girl. It seems like I'm being a, a weirdo about it. But, like, I know who that woman is. I, like, know what some of her songs sound like. I know what movies she's in. She's so big that, like, that's fine. What about uh, when Mike eats some of the potpourri? <laughs> the crunch noise they make makes that scene so What funny kind of potpourri like, was he perfect. eating that's that crunchy, by the way? Isn't it just dry flowers and stuff usually? No, it's always hard. Oh, I've never ate any potpourri, so I don't know. <laughs> Growing up, I don't know what happened to it when my grandmother passed away last year, but growing up, I always remember at my grandparents' house, my grandmother had a all pine tree, a pine cone Christmas tree. Okay. And I was, as a kid, okay. I like marveled at it. It was amazing. It was crazy looking, right? As a kid, you're like, what the fuck is this Christmas tree? And I remember always like grabbing the pine cones being like, these are so hard, like whatever. Like, how did they make this into a tree? Because like, you don't know what you're talking about when you're like six or whatever. And I always used to think about like, you ever just bite a pine cone? Like like underdog, like it's a, a gold coin. It would that's what this scene reminds me of. Like, why would you bite a pine cone? Yeah, you didn't bite random stuff as a kid. I always bit stuff. No, no, not that. I, I'll I'll tell a quick story about something that I bit at my grandparents' house. So during Christmas time, my nana would decorate the whole house, but the kitchen had all these different like decorative like string candies, which was like real popular. The string hard candies, the fake ones, was like a big Christmas decoration. And she had all these, like, fake foods that she would, like, keep in, like, in the glass hutches and stuff. Free pizza! <laughs> she had these, like, s- like, it looked like Hostess cupcakes, but they were, like, soap. <laughs> and I didn't know that. So I'm, like, I don't know, five or six years old, and I just see these cupcakes, and I'm alone in there, and I'm just being a sneaky sack of shit. And I'm, like, I'm going to take a bite of this cupcake, and there you go. I just, you know, <laughs> ate, ate some soap. soap. Yeah, but, what, but, why did, after, but why did you finish the cupcake, Jay? Why? <laughs> you eat three of them. Well, at that point, I thought maybe the first bite was just weird. You know, sometimes the first bite, it's like, it's just awkward. You're not acclimated to the taste yet. I mean, those cupcakes are delicious. The top is often waxy, to be fair. Jay's just farting bubbles the rest of the day. Yes, that's exactly Did you eat that? that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I thought was funny in this scene, too, is when she asks how old she was when she passed. And it was like, oh, she was 99. She goes, oh, so close. <laughs> like That made me laugh, too, especially because this is, what, a week a, a week past when Bob Barker passed away yeah. at 99. And everyone was yeah. like, he was so close to 100 without going over. Come on. Well, Betty White, too. I bought the People magazine that's like, Betty White turns 100. I was like, this is so weird and ironic. It's like, I need to own this. You know, her last words were like, fuck. Like, so fucking close. I, I was like, I, it's like, it was, so, imagine being in the position of the magazine and like, it's out, it's ready, it's hitting stores, and then she dies like days before her birthday, but the magazine's already out and like, 
like what do you do <laughs> it's just so what do you do odd. honestly you you hoard a bunch of them to save later because that's going to become like a weird thing yeah, right like imagine if you had yep. a bunch of newspapers from 9-11 like and it was like beautiful morning in new york today you're like these are <laughs> like now like a weird thing people are going to pay money for i bought two magazines i'll be honest about two See, exactly. I will say this, though. Like, look, I don't know. I don't I try not to think about mortality. This is an interesting conversation, right? Because it's a show about ghosts. I do my absolute best to push out all the fear of dying in my life every single day so that I can, you know, make it through this hellscape we call a life. At 99, I don't know how you go through every day. I feel like, you know, when you're a kid and you play The Ground is Lava... I feel like as when you're 99, you play The World is Lava. Like, you're like, I have to piss. Okay, this is a 24 minutes to, like, not slip on this, to grab onto this. Like, it must be a fucking, it must be, your whole day is consumed with trying to not die by accident. Nah, life's great. You can say whatever you want, and you can poop yourself. And not That's get in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of don't want any of that. <laughs> Ferg's just waiting to have that eternal rash. He can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, this show shows that when you die, you are. I remember like hearing when we were kids, right? There was I mean, my mom, especially, was like, "I read this book, and it says when you die and you go to heaven, everybody's 30. And I was like, "Okay, like I don't, you know, like the can book I of be twenty three? I was gonna say, I don't know if thirty was. My I don't best like thirty. Thirty's not my ideal. I mean, maybe it was twenty seven, but I don't think it was twenty seven. But like, I think thirty was the actual year, right? So like, but then weird to me too. It's like, hey, I'm thirty. I'm gonna go hang out with my parents who are also thirty. Well, that's fucking weird, right? Like that becomes like a weird thing, but. In this show, it's like, you die when you die, and you are the way you died, which is a very interesting thing, right? It's like, yeah, you don't want to be like, Elvis is not a good death, That's right? like Beetlejuice. That's probably why the 99-year-old woman decided to not stick around the house. She's probably like, fuck this, I don't want to be eternally 99 years old. I'm out of here. I mean, they don't explain it enough as to why some people stick around and some don't, which is part of the intrigue yeah. of this episode specifically it seems like it's a decision when you first die or something like that like she's like nope it looks up yeah but imagine you die and then these people are all like hey and you're like (laughs) what the fuck are you we're spirits boom boom see you later like what would compel you to be like yo let me hang with you unless they were like hey we got beer drink anything man like it's meatloaf what's a good meatloaf i'm there I think, though, the, the whole thing, and, like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, again, we were all raised in the church for the most part, and I don't remember any of that shit because I hate it all, but I think the whole thing is you go to purgatory if you either, like, killed yourself or... No, you go to like, hell you live you No, yourself. you go to hell. That's considered murder, which is... See, you, again, I'm bad at this, I don't know, but... but t- to be a ghost, though, is, like, you have unfinished business in this realm, is usually what correct. they say, right? Okay, so... So, yeah, to my understanding, though, and I don't know a lot about the situation. I'm I'm not a big follower of a lot of this, but I think regardless of whether or not you're going upstairs or downstairs, I think the ghost thing is more like the unfinished business regardless. It's not it's not like they have unfinished business to, like, earn their heaven entry. It's more just whether because there's good and bad ghosts. Right. So that's the case, though, if you've got unfinished business and you don't want to finish it because you'll go to hell and you don't want to be. You don't have sex with a big horny bird. You will stay on this plane being a bad ghost forever, right? Like, you don't want to finish that business. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, so anyway, let's get back into the episode itself. As they're talking in this room, it's kind of the guy who's, I don't know, the guy who's sorting out the affairs and talking to them is pretty much suggesting that they kind of just sell the house back to whoever, and then it'll be taken care of from there. But it could take a few years. It's not going to be an easy sell. But they're like, well, what if we just take care of it ourselves and we fix it up and we turn it into a hotel? 
And he's kind of advising them not to, but can't tell them not to. It's their house. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Because she's looking at pictures and she's realizing how big this place is. So she's just. It's a mansion. It's like a it's a it's a hotel sized building. It's a huge manor. And then from there, we get back to like the house itself and all the ghosts are in there. And they're all kind of like just hanging out. Right. We have like the one girl who's like teaching everyone how to make wicker baskets. (laughs) And then like the, the two that are playing chess, the caveman being one of them you mentioned earlier. Uh, what do you say? He said like Duka Duka at some point. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> he knows enough. It's funny because like his character has learned enough of like English and and modern language through yeah. living with these people. He's like for one all foot this in, time. Yeah. but he's also yeah like a little passed out. I also love too that when she's talking about the basket because you don't know that it's a basket weaving situation at first, and then she's like, "You make it six potatoes high," which I think is my new measuring <laughs> uh, for anything now. You know what I thought was funny when the scout master is like announcing tomorrow's activities and it's like food club and it's like, oh, Kitty's going to tell everyone about the first time she had an egg. She goes, I actually didn't like it. Like, oh, don't spoil <laughs> don't it. Spoil it. <laughs> Such a good part. They were going to wait all day to hear this story about how she had the egg. They have made such an interesting life for themselves where they have like such a funny regiment of like their life, like long, not life, but like their eternally long friends and every day is a new day and they try to keep it interesting. And I think they understand that with eternity, you kind of have to spread these stories out, right? Yeah. You can't tackle too much at once. So the one thing, uh, going back to, I mentioned the one ghost who was decapitated, who's carrying his head around and stuff. His head's on the floor a lot. I don't, I, I, I'm sorry for trying to make logic of something so crazy, but he seems to have no control of his body. And that like... Typically, when these things are portrayed, usually the body kind of works with the head being like, you know, in charge of the situation. And like this body's just kind of going rogue at all times. And I, I don't know. It was just every time I looked at it, I'm like, why can't you control your own body? Well, picture it this way. Say you removed your head and it was over there. For some reason, your body is still, you still have full control of your body. Right. You're not seeing stuff from your body. So you're trying to control a blind body that's not. You're not seeing it from your normal perspective. I'm just going by how I'm used to seeing it portrayed in other media when I see, like, it's not the, like I said, not the first time they've done this on a show, so. My whole thing, why wouldn't you, as a body, just pick your head up and put it on your neck and just, like, constantly be holding, like, one hand? Because he wants to stand like that all day. Yeah, your, your hands are yeah, your arms get tired, yeah. He's you dead. should Krang it. I don't know why Krang comes up on this podcast so often. I <laughs> when has uh... Krang came up on this podcast, Joe? <laughs> it has a number of times. We've mentioned Krang like four times. Ferg, back me up. We've talked about Krang before, like recently. Ferg, we talked about no. a lot of turtle stuff. So. Yeah, a lot well, of turtle stuff comes Krang. up. But I would Krang myself at that point. Put the head in the middle and just walk around. Or maybe the chest. Yeah, I mean, you could. But if he can't touch anything because he doesn't have the... Because clearly they don't have the ability to, like, touch objects in the mortal world. But they can touch themselves. The politi- I think if they could change themselves, he would have pulled the arrow out of his neck and stuff like That's that. True. So I think they're just trapped the way they are. So I think that there is no ghost string that you could, or ghost ace bandage that you could bandage up your head to be like Krang. Just stick it in your shirt and then unbutton the middle. Yeah. You'd be resourceful, Gordo. Come on. Gordo, okay. think more like crying. You're not crying enough right now. I gotta make sure. If I, when I die, I die with a hoodie on, so if my head comes off, I can put on the hoodie and just go It's like that. sort of close, at least, yeah. 
in Ferg's final breath, as as everyone standing around the bed, hand me some duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) I need to die holding this duct tape. Well, wait a minute. They have a Boy Scout. It doesn't matter, though. You can't use random objects. We just talked about that. You would think that he would have some kind of ghostly supernatural resourcefulness, though. Everybody has, it gets established later, though, everybody has different supernatural abilities. Yeah, so yeah, they need okay. to, maybe, maybe like, if one of those new people died, they'd have the ability to, like, make that easier for them, but so far we know those people don't. They also don't seem like the smartest group of ghosts. And that's why it's True. funny. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah, waka, waka. But also, like, you have get people from cavemen all the way to people who died in the 90s as this group, so, like, it's a varied group of different times and different knowledges, right? And like they do, they, we see the thing with the basket weaving, right? Like they try to teach each other stuff, but nobody seems that interested in the stuff they're trying to teach either. It's just a time waster. So I mm. thought that this was a good scene as far as being able to give us a glimpse of who everybody is a little bit. You get kind of just by seeing them interact. We don't need everyone's full backstories. You're just kind of seeing their personalities and how they are with one another. I thought it was just a good scene to kind of get a vibe for who's on this show. I agree with that. I mean, this is tough, right? Because, like, we watch a lot of ensemble comedies, right? But this is a big cast yes. to, give, to give you in the first episode and try to give you enough knowledge, right? Like, you've got the two main people. You've got a realtor. You've got a, um, I guess you'd call a lawyer, I guess, who gives them this. And then you have all the ghosts. And then you have more people just keep coming and keep coming. And you know a lot of them are going to come back and be in it. Like, this is, it's, I think they did a good job of giving you enough character work for everybody. That you sort of get it. Did we mention the length of this episode, though? Yeah, 29 I mean, minutes is... without commercials. Yeah, it's 29 minutes, which is very long for a sitcom. Yeah, so I think that they have a little bit more leeway to yeah, big time. flesh that is out true. that there's, there's, stuff there's a little bit. There's a lot bit. of bonus time to kind of get into it, yeah. I would be intrigued to see how the U.S. version of it handles this, because that I'm assuming it's like a CBS or ABC show. That must be 22 minutes. And I think you got to remember, too, like, not everyone is a main character. So you, not everyone needs like a full description, full background. Like we said, a lot of these it's implied what happened to them, but we don't need full origin stories for every single person we see. Correct. We just need enough origin, like uh, not to tip my hand, but what we got in this episode, I think is about as, as good as you can get with the cast this big. I agree. Yeah. I think you just want to get a vibe for personalities. There's plenty of time in future episodes to give the full details. You just kind of want to know who people are generally speaking and then how they are with one another. And that's, that's enough to just invite you into the world. I think you get enough too. like, is it, is Mary the one who was clearly burnt at the stake? If people are just like, I smell toast, right? Like you understand that without hearing anything else. You know what I mean? Like there are enough characters where you're like, I kind of get this. I don't need you to like, lead this horse to water so hard, you know, you, you understand that these characters are sort of look at it. Even with the scoutmaster, like there's an arrow through his neck. Do you need to know any more? Like, you know what happened? Like you saw that and you created the full story in your head of, of his, the, right. like, his death and stuff. Like some shithead kid who didn't know how to shoot an arrow killed this guy on this property. <laughs> like that's all you, you know, right away. The other thing that happens in the scene and, and we'll get into it later when it's kind of more fleshed out was, this argument between the captain and Franny, because Franny has this thing where she keeps floating to the window and falling out of it and screaming in the middle of the night. The scream and, um, gets me every <laughs> yeah, time. The, is great. The, the captain takes issue with it because that's right where his room is and it keeps him up at night. 
this gets addressed later, so I don't want to I don't want to get too into it, but it is first brought up at this point in time. I will say, as somebody, I watch a ton of World War II movies. It's like one of my favorite things to watch in bed at night. Is like, and every World War II movie usually has like the stern English officer, and they do this character so well. Like this is basically half the prison camp of like the Great Escape, right? Where like there's a scene where he goes to bed and he does like seven movements to get into bed that are like robot rigid. He still does the like uniformed way of doing it. I think that stuff is so fun. Like they pick so many funny different types of people that are also played out in popular culture so well that you get them right away. Yeah. And I like this part too, because it also, I mentioned it earlier. It shows that the caveman is intelligent because he's the one who comes up with the idea for them because he wants that room because he wants the view. He comes up with the plan for them to switch rooms because she's not originally going into his room and, and waking him up. He's just hearing the scream as she falls by his window. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, the joke of the scream and the... Uh, the plop. Took a hundred years of reasoning to figure it out thing is so funny in this episode, but it's yeah. perfect. So now we cut to, like, the next day, and you see the couple driving to the mansion for the first time, listening to Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. And Great song. Does she sort of look like an English Rashida Jones to anybody else? That's what I kept thinking watching this. No. Kind of. I, and, uh, I don't No, she looks so. like a Zoe no. Deschanel. Almost. Again, no. <laughs> she reminded me of an English uh, proxy for Rashida Jones, personally. I just want to point out, you're still saying her name wrong, Gordo. Deschanel. Deschanel. Nope. No, not uh, De- <laughs> So anyways, they're pulling up, and you have her looking out the window. And like as they're getting closer, she's like, oh my god, like my heart. I feel like I know this place already. Like... The track, every tree, it's, you know, it's like I've been here my whole life, like it's home. And then they pull up and they're at the wrong house. It's like, oh, wrong one. And they just spin <laughs> around again, which I thought was funny. I, it was a little projected, but... Uh, but yeah, I it's it tracked. Funny. You can tell it's coming, but it doesn't make any less funny. And now we're back at the button house and the captain's confronting uh, Fanny again for these nightly screaming things that are going on. And basically it's like she's like cursed to reenact her own death every night. That's a, that's a huge bummer if your death, like, sucked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your death like was like, yeah. I fell asleep yeah. in my, I felt I died in my sleep peacefully. You're like, yeah, reenact that every night. No big yeah, like, deal. Why but does only she have to deal with that? And no one <laughs> nobody else, else seems yeah. to. And she's yeah. trying to tell everyone the story of what happened to her, but, like, no one's interested. Like, they've all been dead <laughs> together for, like, a century, and, like, she still hasn't gotten the story out. I love, though, too, that some of them haven't, right? Like, they... The Tory MP guy, uh, Julian, he's only been dead since 1993, right? So he's been there for, like, 20 years or whatever and you can tell that the scoutmaster guy was killed in the 80s which i thought was a fun like this is one of my favorite things he's like oh that's kim wilde like when the song kids in america <laughs> is playing he's so excited because it's music from his time and he must not have right. heard that since then oh i didn't house get full that of old people yeah, so i like that because it shows when he died without saying explicitly oh, right like he's tracking something from his time because that would have been like what 81 i think the song right. came out in and oh, that's smart. that's the song that's playing as they're pulling up during this conversation yeah. so the car gets there. The guy, Thomas, the one who's a little bit more poetic, when he sees Allison for the first time, it's like love at first sight, which is um, sentiments that are kind of also replicated when the captain sees Mike t- for the first time. Yes. Oh, yes. He's a great soldier. <laughs> He'll make a fine yeah. soldier. <laughs> yeah, I love that they both give you that the captain is clearly closeted and that uh, the Shakespeare guy is also a little not right because 
he's related into that family. So he's got like, a, like, like it's like 75 generations aside, but like that's still being super into like a relative of yours who's also alive and married, which no, is No, she's like a step niece. I think the tree catches somewhere. I don't know. I think if it's a thing that you have to justify that it's, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, you it's have to justify. Yeah. No, it's totally okay. Like, no, it's. Our Watch kids won't have flippers. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, I don't know about that. They will because they'll have ghost tails. Do ghosts have tails? What? Casper did. Yeah, they have little True. ghost tails. Yeah, like ghosts little like that. Ghost they have a little pointy part. Okay. Casper, I'm Michael Jackson. I'm basically just a little Casper. Come here, boys. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Whatever that ghost was <laughs> made me uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Then my job was completed. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Tito. <laughs> so they're uh they're going through the house <laughs> and uh and there's a point where they're they're excited. They're going through this house for the first time, they're seeing how big it is, they're very excited, they're kind of thinking of all the prospects of what's gonna be with this hotel. And the two stop and they, they have like a quick kiss in one of the big rooms, and as the camera spins around, you see all the ghosts are there. They can't see the ghosts, but they're standing all around them. And I, I did like the way that they do this because whenever they're filming the ghosts and the people together, they're not doing that thing where the ghosts are like kind of opaque and they're like recording twice and things like that. Like they're clearly all in a room together to the point Every where like, actor is in the scene. They're together, always yeah. together. Yeah. And I think that I think that it's a it's a different look to do it that way. And I, I really enjoyed that. They didn't they don't make the ghosts look like ghosts, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think I think to that point that it. The way that this was shot was so uh, refreshing in a way, because like you said, they, they pan on one side of like the couple and you see all the ghosts as if they're real people. And then they'll pan to like the ghost perspective or, or then they'll pan back and then they're not there. Like when they're meant to see it from uh, the couple's perspective. Yeah, you kind of see how what's really going on when the ghosts are around and then you see what they see. Through their eyes, not like through like a, it's not like a first person thing, but in their world, basically, where, where they can't see ghosts, you just kind of flicker back and forth a lot, where you see the scene act at one point where they're all there, and then a, a quick cutaway, and then they're all missing again. And then, like, it kind of, it does weave back and forth in a way that makes sense. I like that they're always in a semicircle, too. I like that it's always, it's not like a straight line. Yeah. They're always, like, half surrounding whatever scenario they're in. I think it's done best, like, a little later when we get, we'll get into it, but when they're doing the haunting scene and <laughs> they're showing yes. everything. It's, like, my legit favorite part of the episode. I was dying laughing. We did a show last year for Halloween. Was it Ghosted? Where they were helping the ghosts... Two years ago? Two years ago? There's a, there's a show we did for Halloween one of, the, one of those years where it was, what, like, a guy helping ghosts... It was a comedy, but the, he helped ghosts get back to, like, out of... Oh, ghost bra- world into brain the, something... Jay, it was your pick last year. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I'll figure it out because we did cover it. There's no show called Brain. It's not Brain. No, it's not not Brain. brain. Either way, that show, though, they always made the ghosts look ghosty. And I agree with you guys that I think it's better that they're just in the same world here. And you're smart enough as a viewer to know they're ghosts. And that's fine. You don't get like hit over the head with it. They do such a... the, The cinematography does such a great job at implying that without saying it without like you said smacking that over your head that like these guys are ghosts and they're not here and they can't see them but the ghosts yeah. can see them like it's just done in a very tasteful way 
By the way, that shows uh, Deadbeat that you're talking about. Deadbeat. Deadbeat. Yes. I was so close with brain something. Nope. <laughs> I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> what was it called? Brain babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, as they're walking by, there's, a, there's that, I like the moment where, I think it was Fanny who said it, like, someone said to her, well, like, she's your relative. It's like, she's not, she's not my relative. Like, her knees are exposed and she has a tattoo. It, again, a great thing to be like, every generation is going to be a different like and the most i mean the most modern dead person there died in 1993 which is 30 years ago right like the world has so changed since we were eight years old it's funny too like her knees exposing that she has like a rip in the knee of one jean but like not even in an extreme way she's wearing long pants right but and he the tatori guy would uh julian would definitely have (laughs) seen that that was a thing in the 80s and 90s you know but also, if they said she's your relative, that means the majority of them aren't related, only family. That's actually a good point. I didn't right. think about that in the moment. So now they're following them around the house. So the ghosts are following this couple around as they're touring the house. And they're looking at each room and kind of going over what things they want to do to change them. And they're talking about different themes because, obviously, they want to make it a hotel. And they're like, oh, there's going to be, like, a 50s room and this and that. And I kind of like the idea that, like, I, I always see things like this online or represented on television but i've never gone to a hotel that has like specific theme rooms like that and i always thought that'd be a cool like place to go you can go to adventure suites by north conway yeah that's all yeah, they have a lot of them there's one in boston there is one in boston that is above it's in kenmore square where the family park is right and it's above where like famous rock and roll punk rock club the rat was and they have a like the rat room in kenmore Did I say kendall the, the commonwealth i think the commonwealth is what it's yeah. called, it's called. But if you go into the rat room, it's just like rock and roll. And it's like Aerosmith posters. It's like you guys fucking swung and you guys fucking missed and not get this at all. But that's because it's it. I, I feel like that's like a Marriott or something like that. That's like a big chain hotel. That's oh, like yeah, this yeah. is it's what like we think hotel. like a, a rock and roll room would look like when it's just really like one of their standard rooms with like a different color scheme and like like you said like rock posters you need like a real eccentric person to be like i'm gonna make like a jungle room and put like a canopy bed that is surrounded by like a banana tree or something silly like that to that i remember i I may have talked about this before but like before i moved i was going to the gym a lot and i was going to a planet fitness and then one day they were like you had an email that was like planet fitness is no more we are now rock and roll gym and i was like i'm gonna fucking hate this I was like, let's see what rock and roll gym is. And it literally was Planet Fitness. They changed nothing, but they put up, they like must have gone to like, I don't know, Spencer Gifts or something. And there was just a (laughs) fuck ton of Beyonce and Britney Spears posters all over the wall. And I was laughing so fucking hard. It's like, isn't it rock and roll? It's like, I don't fucking think so, man. And that same guy who like will not put his dick away in the locker room is still here. So like, this is the same fucking gym. I was thinking that it's going to be like, they're going to be playing rat or something like that. I was hoping. I was like, I won't wear my headphones. They're just going to play like VH1 classic Metal Mania all Joe day long. Joe had his striper t-shirt on. He was like yeah. ready to go. I was like, to hell with the devil. And then uh, we, we flash back outside and they're standing there kind of outside of the front of the house and they're looking over things. And you have all those ghosts again with them kind of standing around them in a semicircle. And I said how I like, you know, the not using effects, which I guess technically it's like, I like how it looks, but it's just more cost effective and a lot easier and cheaper right. to do it that way. But um, 
when they do do the effect, there's the point where like she goes to like reach out and her her hand goes like through the scoutmaster's face and it's like that looked kind of shitty. <laughs> it like ripples and it's bad. Yeah, maybe that's why they're not yeah. using effects because they're not good at them or have the budget for them. So they're like, let's just try to just keep everyone in the room and not touch. But I like that too, though, because it gives you a like, do you want this, guys? Or do you like just get it? Right. Like, I think in the first episode of the pilot, especially, it's just like, you understand the rules, right? So we're not going to do this again. I'll tell you, I got like a laugh out of this part too when they're outside. This is when they all kind of really catch on that this is the, the plan is to convert this place to a hotel. <laughs> this, the jump cuts here are fucking great. Because, editing. yeah, that's when um, the caveman's like, what's his hotel? And then when the guy starts <laughs> to explain it to him, it just cuts to later in the day and it's like dark and just goes, Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene, there's a lot of genuine lulls in this episode. That was a real good one. I love, too, though, that it's like, again, it's economic. It's like they didn't have to explain it. They knew they could just jump cut to later that day and you just move on. It's so well done. And now they have to figure out a plan to get rid of them, right? So now it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to scare them? Are we going to kill them? Like, all these things are being talked about. And they're kind of going over this idea of like, I guess we could just like haunt them because they're like, they, they all, they're all ghosts, but they, they've never really been in the business of haunting, I guess. You know, they just kind of been just existing in this house with, you know, different heirs to the home. That's funny. This is the exact plot of Beetlejuice. That's true, actually. Yeah. This turns into King Ralph meets Beetlejuice, like, and then it turns into something else we'll bring up later. Like, it's the best, like, amalgamation of all these things. But I think one of the f- the best lines, like not funniest, but just like best to like keep the thing forward so you understand what's happening here is in this scene. They're like, well, what if we killed them? And they're like, yeah, but then we could be stuck with them forever. Yeah. It like yeah. reiterates the stakes of this where it's like, we don't want these people here. It's like, yeah, well, if we fucking kill them, they might haunt, they might be part of our crew all of a sudden. Yeah, we want to scare we're them not off. not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Like that's such a great, like it actually gives you stakes. It's smart. But they don't hate them. They just don't want them to have turned into a hotel, which hotel. is going to bring a lot of people. I don't. I think it's weird that they wouldn't want them there if they killed them. You know, it's funny as we think about it. You would almost think they'd want people in and out of that house more, right? Because like they've just kind of been like there forever, so like it would just keep things more energized to just yeah. See, no, see no, 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 no. I'll tell you exactly why that place gets turned into a hotel. Think about how many, you know, people are going to be banging every night in did, there. Did the, other, did the rest of in. you guys know as soon as Gordo interjected? Because he had a smirk yeah. on his face. Like, I knew it was going to be wrong. Going. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it would be wrong. I knew exactly. Like, I, I could have just, like, typed to talk if I had, like, a Gordo voice. I could have just had the same thing come out because I, I knew. I saw it in his face. He had that little smile, and he was all excited to say it. I knew it was going to be something weird and perverted. I no, thought he was going to go bathroom, honestly. It'd be like, I, the ghost has to go to the bathroom. Someone's in there. Like, that's what I thought he was no, going to go with. No, ghosts, they clearly can't. But they're going to be trying to go to bed, and someone's going to be laying pipe on it. To be fair, though, you said they clearly can't go to the bathroom, but we see the, the captain clearly lays in a bed. Well, yeah, maybe they sleep, they sleep at night because she yeah, they keeps sleep interacting do sleep. sleep. This is one of those things, too, where shows like this are not meant <laughs> for not shows like ours. You know what no, I mean? No, no, no. It's like, we overanalyze stuff so hard. Well, it's well, not wait a minute. How come the ghosts could do this? But at this point and later in the episode, they were unable to do that. This doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, we're like the people that like get punched in the face at Comic-Con panels when we do these sort of episodes. You know what I mean? How come you have to sleep? <laughs> Well, if you don't eat and you're not tired all the time and you can be like, all the time, yeah, it's a fuck, uh, get out. 
I, uh, I noticed in uh, season three, episode four, Fanny ate a muffin, and that's not even time appropriate. Muffins weren't created until 1987. <laughs> and did you know that muffins went backwards to sniff him? It's like, all right, everybody, time to leave. You're the worst. Joe hasn't been able to say that in months. <laughs> like a hundred episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for Since that wings, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Got the old super fans of ours who were like, he did the sniffing thing. He did the sniffing thing. It's bad. Um, he hasn't done the sniffing bit since <laughs> We're just shitting all over our own fans at this point. So um so they're kind of going over all these different things they can do to haunt them and kind of like everyone has like kind of a power, right? So like the caveman Robin, like he can flicker lights. And uh you have like the the girl, is it Mary, the one who's like the witch trial girl? Is it was that her name? Yeah, it's Mary. I forget that one's name. The yeah, one who was burned at the stake. The is Mary. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, yeah. you smell like burning. <laughs> that's her, that's her. toast. I love that so much. And then, like, Julian, who's like the politician guy, like, he has probably like the best one, right? He can he can actually move objects in like in our realm with great effort. <laughs> but that's the thing that's yeah. funny about it. Like, he's moving, like, you know, they show him, like, he makes like, move, sex like this cup and noises like, when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a little girl who apparently died of the plague that sings Ring Around the Rosie, and for some reason people can hear it. How come? Is it just different out there? Instead of like ashes, ashes, it sounded like you sing like tissue, tissue. I think it's just an English version of it. Yeah, we're used to like a more American. Was it tissue version. she was saying? That's what I thought it was. I, think, I thought yeah, it was. Yeah. That was strange. I don't know. Which ashes, ashes, we all fall down, I find is a much scarier line, or like at least yeah. more off putting. Especially the show about ghosts. So yeah. all these all these ghosts have like their plan in play now, right? They're gonna try to lightly haunt these people. And we cut to uh, a little bit later on, and Allison's in the shower, and you have Thomas, who's in love with her, peeping through the door. You see his whole body is through the door at this point, just watching her, uh, which is incredibly creepy. He's bent over at like a perfect ninety degree angle too. Right. Like I give this actor a lot of credit for being able to do that. Whereas like I would have lasted. I don't have the core strength to do that for more than like. At least I one take at the most. She gets out of the shower and she walks out into like the hallway where they are, where they're all at. And like, you know, they're doing all the things they were rehearsing, right? Robin makes the lights flicker real quick, you know, and you get this thing where like, they're kind of cutting, right? It's like the little camera tricks where they're all there and then they're not. Cause we're changing perspectives, like reality versus her reality. And like, none of these things are really working out. You have uh Julian trying to like push a vase and like, <laughs> When they're showing, like, so the extreme. ghost perspective, and, like, he's screaming, and there's all this chaos <laughs> like sweating going on. So yeah. And then, yeah. like, and then they cut to, like, her reality, and, like, she's just walking by, and you just see the vase move, like, a quarter of an inch, like, <laughs> as she's already walked past it. Yeah, like, she gently nudged it by accident. And I like the way that all looks when they're going back and forth like that. Yeah, she walks through the dead girl, the fire girl, and she just sounds <laughs> like, smells like burnt toast. And then the, uh, the... The little girl, the play girl that starts singing and then the the speakers upstairs start playing so you can't even hear yeah, her. floods are out. Yeah, when the, the dude's flashing a light, she just shuts the light off and turns the light yeah. on so it stops. <laughs> and when she shuts the light off, it also electrocutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, now he's like somehow connected to the, the energy. So like the, the flickering is like messing with his brain. 
I didn't mean to go ahead, but when I looked up the characters, it tells you that apparently when he died on the property, he was struck by lightning while <laughs> hiding under a tree from a bear. And that's why he has electrical powers. And that's why he's also able oh, to be okay. electrocuted really easily. Okay, that makes sense. But I love the hat on a hat. It's like he was killed. Oh, while hiding <laughs> under a tree. Oh, <laughs> from a that bear. got struck by lightning. Oh, because he was trying to get killed by a bear. Like, oh, geez, it's a lot. There's a whole lot to that story. I find this scene like the funniest scene in the whole episode, just like the way it's shot and done. And I, I the way we're explaining it, it's definitely not doing it justice. So I, it's I, really I tough to there's watch so it. Much going like, on. There's so many visual gags. There's so many yeah. camera tricks. It's this is a very physical humor heavy show. And it's very hard to talk about that when you can't <laughs> see it. And we get to later on in the day and um, the couple's heading down to the basement and they're trying to fix the boiler. And this is when it's revealed that there's a whole bunch of other ghosts that live in the basement. And they all die from the plague. Yeah, it's like a bunch of plague victims. And Mike's like, oh, I can fix this. Like, I watched, like, YouTube videos. And we've talked about this in the past. And, like, the idea that, you know, YouTube teaches us how to do everything now. It really does. When when he's like, or she's like, you can't learn everything from that. I was like, wrong. Goddamn wrong. (laughs) Yeah, wrong. I've got pipes in this house that will tell you you are wrong, madam. I've, I've been like, I've even done the... YouTubing like where's the blah 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 on my car? <laughs> so like I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to do that for the um the emergency thing when we first got our car. It was like we couldn't figure out because usually it's like a like a a thing you like switch. In our car, it's a button. So like we just never knew where to look. And then when someone was like, look at the button that has the emergency logo on it, and you were like, well, no one was gonna look for a button. Come on. It's like you know you think like you spend all this time trying to create content and like we have a YouTube. We we mostly put like our episodes on and all these other platforms and you know, you hope they catch on and you get views, but really like if you just recorded a quick video, if you're like, where's the power button on my Toshiba television yep. set, you know, model, blah, blah, blah. Like it'll get thousands of views. Cause it's like so practical and everybody needs that stuff. You know, the most annoying part about that is too, or like, I can think of one particularly where it was like, you know, when you've got a stripped screw and you're like, how do I get this strip screw to catch or something? And you look up on YouTube, like, how do I get out a strip screw? And you watch, it's like, in this one minute video, we're going to show you how to get rid of a strip screw. And there's four ad breaks in the one minute video because it's been watched so many times. It's that monetized. You're like, I think yeah. I got it now. And it's like, doo, doo, fuck you. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for YouTube, I would never know how to tie a tie. Also true. That's the one thing that I was taught once visually and then learned. And then I don't hate retail workers. I've worked in a million retail jobs in my life. I worked. You've already established how you feel about retail. No, he doesn't hate retail workers. It's no, just, just they're not normal people. They're just it's just not, not a real job. I've worked a lot of retail jobs. And that's all I was saying is that like my brain can't do it anymore. But I remember in an Avril Lavigne-esque world and like a Sum 41-esque world when I worked at like the alternative clothing store in Harvard Square. Girls would come in all the time and be like, I want to buy this tie. And they'd be like, okay, that's like $7. Everybody be like, can you tie it for me? And you'd have to like, just tie a tie. And then like, you know, when you take a tie off, I mean, like I do this all the time and I can tie a tie. You always take it off just enough that you can get it so over you can, your head. So you never have to tie yeah, it so again. You don't have to tie it again. So I'd have to do that for like girls all the time would come in or like boys all the time would come in like high school kids. You'd be like, I want to look like these people. And you'd be like, okay, like don't untie it. Or like, if you do, and you come back, like you have to buy me a coffee. I'm not doing this for you. Like every weekend, but now I know how to tie only one tie knot. I can only do one. I can do it perfect, but only one. I can never get the length right when I'm doing the tie. It's the short end. It's always super hard. Long. Yeah. I'm like, super long on the bottom. I'm like, fuck. 
Even when I adjust, I do it again. I go, how? I'm oh, just you, do short. you do it the opposite way? Where the front's really yeah. long and the back? Yeah. yeah. I'm just short, so it, it just never looks good. You know what I mean? I have to really, like, make sure I have it right. But mine almost always come out even. And I got to, like, tuck it in. And I know it's a physiological thing with me, not a... Well, I'm the opposite. I have the neck of a rhino. So basically, like, <laughs> when, I, when I tie a tie, I have to leave it so there's, like... Uh, just, like just a, like an inch, a so, so like yeah, so I can tie the tie and have like enough for when I when I drop it down. Because one of the, especially for bigger guys, but like a visual that I I can't not notice when people do it is when you go somewhere and everyone's in shirts and ties, and someone's tie is way too high up. Like if it's like oh, yeah, above yeah. your too belly short. button, like it like you look like a cartoon character. Like it needs to like go just it looks like the Undertaker's the- tie in the early nineties. Or like why does your tie yeah. only go to your breastbone? <laughs> It needs to dip like well, the, the right Eddie around Valiant. the belt line, like right around where the belt is, like not super low, but like yep. just kind of hit that area. Yeah, like it should hit the, it should hit your belt buckle. Yeah, yeah, no. like just, just or like go, right above it. I didn't yeah. go to just under my belly button. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, you see the people where it's like, did you look at yourself before you left? <laughs> Do you want to know a good trick? If you just like, see, for me, I just like plain skinny black ties. It's all I wear. Uh, you can get those a lot. Um, I don't know if it's like round anymore, but you can get them around costume shops and stuff. But they make ties for like plays and movies that have a button, so the tie is never not tied. Well, you could untie it and fuck it up, but the tie is tied, and then right here there's a button with a flap, so you can't tell it's buttoned. But that's what they use for like plays and stuff. So, so it's like it the evolution quickly. of a clip-on. Basically, yeah, it's a real tie, but you can just unclip the whole tie. It's Got not it. like a fake tie. So I had oh, a couple okay. of those for a long time. Oh, interesting. The Boston costume, does that sound right? That was in the theater district, I think was what it was called. That does sound right. Common district. Yeah. Wasn't Common it? Common district? Wasn't that the store? No, I know what Maybe, I think they about. bought it. I think they merged yeah, I think they point. bought it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But in any event, uh, to go back into this while he's trying to fix this boiler, what I do like is as he's like incorrectly doing things, all these ghosts are, all seem very proficient in fixing this boiler. And like everyone's they're like, amazing boiler repair people. Yeah. Like all of them. And they're all just talking about all the things he should be doing and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. There was, it's weird. It's like, it's, it's humorous. They're not really telling jokes, but it's funny. They're really good at doing that in this show. I feel so sorry for them when they shut the light off because they can't turn the light back on because they right. can't interact with, with the outside world. Well, they world. choose to be down there though. They could go into the parts of the house. Do we know that? Do we know that yet, though? I didn't. They know. Why would they stay down the there? I do know that. And again, it's not like reading ahead. It's just when you're doing research on the show, it's like the first episode features plague zombies and the plague zombies live in the basement because they've been down there the whole time. They know how to fix everything. And even though they could, they don't go upstairs because the girl who sings Ring Around the Rosie is also a plague zombie. Oh, okay. So they like invited and her she up. comes so, up, but the rest of them stay down there. I don't know why. I'm sure. I hope they explained it at some point, but I wish I didn't know that. But yeah, it makes more sense for your point. If you're like, they're stuck down there. You'd be like, oh, of course, because why wouldn't they leave? Because they're buried down there. They're in like a plague pit and the house yeah. is built over it. After they think they've repaired it, we have Allison back upstairs and she's like testing the radiator in one of the rooms and she hears a noise. So she like leans out the window and she sees that there's like a pigeon and she's like, very far out, like further out than I think. And we've already established the pigeons there and you can't reach it. So I don't know why she's like to like to her thighs, basically out the window. The pigeon is 20 feet to the right and a story above her. Like There's, there's no, no way, no you way she's going to reach it. But as she's out the window, Julian passes by and he sees her like that. And he's all these things are kind of going through his head. He's thinking about 
the hotel and all these different prospects and, you know, everything they had discussed earlier. I also got, like, a sexual vibe out of this, too. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. I think they started you thinking that way. I yeah, because she's bent over and he's walking in yeah. like this, like, oh. I didn't get it that way. I could see how you did it. It's not how it hit me, but here's my thing. So what happens is Julian walks up and he, he gives her that little push to get her out the window, right? It took so much effort for him to move a cup. How is he able to just like no effort, just contact her and push her like that? I don't think she did. I think she turned around and we find out she's able to see the ghost all of a sudden. No, the no, accident. No, no, the no, no, accident no. is why no, she can see them. The yeah, it's from the accident because Julian pushes her out the window and then, oh, then she to, sees the ghost, right? And then we get to this cut. I have so, an idea. I have an idea. Okay. If you get like touched on your butt or something nope. when you're not nope, expecting no, no, it, no, 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 You get idea. like goosed. I, I no, no, no. But she you was get goose... goosed and scared a little bit, so it do, it won't take a lot to just like so. touch it for you to go up and jump, and then you fall I when you're that, that far out I the window. I think there's something there, Gordo, that it she got spooked by being touched. I think. It, she was out so far that it took very little effort of him to try to push her. She felt something and jumped and fell out. That's the what I was saying. I guess it's possible. But I don't think it was a, I'm going to grab your butt, and she fell yeah. out. No, no, I, no, but... was... I stand by my decision and the <laughs> porno I've created in my mind about this decision. In any Step event. ghost, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, she is stuck in the window. She falls, out, she falls out of the window, and you get that scream to the point where all the other ghosts thought it was Fanny again because she's always falling <laughs> out the window. And then they realize that she's in the room with them. So now we cut to outside, and she's laying on the grass, and she just fall out, what is it, like a second story? She wasn't like terribly high up, but a good drop nonetheless. That's high enough, enough to kill you. High enough to kill you, right, depending on how you land. So her, Mike, her husband, rushes outside. He's trying to help her. And you're getting from her perspective. You see it's all like fuzzy, and it's like it's moving around, but as... You can see Mike standing over her. You can see up in the window, up in the distance, like the ghosts are up in the window and she can blurry. see them in that moment blurry. It's not a clear vision, but she gets a little bit of a look from them. And at that point, I was kind of like, are they killing her off? Like, I really thought like, is that how this is going to. So now like she's yeah. just going to be one of the ghosts while the widow has to live in the house. Like I thought that's the direction it was going. I was like, this is not where I thought this is heading at all. Yeah. They even do the tease later with the empty bed. Yeah. Like, oh, that seems yes. great. It's a good misdirect. I will say though, my favorite joke of the entire episode is right here, which is so specific and such a funny callback where the caveman, when he sees her down there, he goes, he's killed wild, which is because in the very first part of the episode where she comes out playing Kim Wilde, the uh, Boy Scout goes, guy goes, it's Kim Wilde about the song, but he doesn't know what oh, that means. Oh, yeah. So, so he thinks, thinks oh. that that's her name. So when he sees her dead, he's like, they killed Wilde. Meaning the whole time that. he thought her name was Kim Wilde. I thought that was such a funny, funny written joke that is so like buried under if you weren't yeah, paying attention. Yeah, that went over my head. Yeah, that, that like I like legit lolled at that. I was like, that is so specific, and no one is gonna get that. It's very funny. So an ambulance takes her away, and now we're back in the house, and all of the ghosts are confronting Julian about the situation because he he kind of like admits that pushy he did, or no pushy, yeah, <laughs> pushy or no pushy. They're trying to figure out like if he intentionally did this or not, and this is also prompting Fanny to kind of open up about how she died. In the day that, like, you know, she passed and she talks about her husband, George, and apparently he's the one who killed her because 
she caught him in the middle of a threesome with the groundskeeper and the butler. And then he was so worried that she was going to tell people that he pushed her out the window and killed her. And then I liked um, some of the ghosts there are older than her. So they saw it. They're like, oh, yeah, I was here for that. <laughs> that is yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah, well, I never said anything, but, yeah, I saw that. Like, people who were there for 100 years clearly saw that. So, so she was good. like, I never told a soul. I didn't, I, I've kept this for all these years. Meanwhile, half the people there already knew about it. <laughs> that's the kind of writing that makes this show so great is those little clever. bitty details where you're like, that's so clever. Of course they would have seen it. You wouldn't think about it until they say it. And then you're like, well, fuck, that's perfect. There's also the Gordo part of the episode where they say, she's like, they had sex like a sandwich. He's like, oh, like a manwich? Like, oh, it's a Moroccan tea party. I was like, Gordo right now somewhere is screaming. There was a moment where I guess they thought that by her finally telling her story that maybe she'd be like free of reenacting her own <laughs> she'd death. She'd leave them. Yeah. But uh, it did not work out that way. And they, <laughs> they get the idea fall. of like, you know what we could do? Let's just move the clock. So that you got that thing with Julian again, like, ah, trying to just push the clock a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just moving clock hands on a grandfather clock. So now instead of her jumping out the window at 3 a.m., it's now 3 p.m. when she jumps out the window every day. No, it's the morning. Oh, was it morning? Okay, I thought it was Guess like Because when a, she a jumps sw- out, you hear the captain go, ah, morning, everybody. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. they basically made her the alarm clock. They for made the her cuckoo house. clock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she gets up so confused because it's light out. Like, that scene is, every, the writing of the show is so fucking good. From there, after we find out that, that whole gag with her jumping out the window now in the daytime, we get back to, like, a flash forward a couple weeks and we're in the hospital. And Allison's still in the hospital, but she's coherent now. She can walk around. She's awake. We found out that she was in an, like in an induced coma for about two weeks. And he says, Mike says to his wife, like, I'm glad you didn't die. And she says, well, technically I actually did for a little bit, which I thought was a really clever line to throw in there. Right. At this point, I thought I had the moment where I was like, oh, does this show go on where she becomes a ghost and Mike lives there? And all the ghosts are there. Like, I had that, like, wait, wait. When she fell initially, I thought that's where they were going. Yeah. But at this point, I thought that was a really clever way to explain why she saw those ghosts in the background. But even then, we don't have the full reveal yet. That's the plot of the Frighteners. If you have have a near-death experience, you can see the dead. No, Michael J. Fox's The Frighteners? That's a great movie. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Now we cut back to the house and... I forget what's going on. It's like, was she giving like a like a milking lesson? What was she telling them about? Like, <laughs> yeah, she was she teaching them how to milk, but to take off sure the first layer, yeah. which is all brown, gross shit. So you get the white milk. Uh, I have it written down. Hold on. No, it's, it's yeah. You have to check if the milk is smooth and white, not beige and lumpy, which is what she <laughs> said. And everyone is real bummed out about that comment. <laughs> yeah. That's like, we've talked about like bad experiencing, uh, bad experiences keeping you away from like dairy products. I think if I ever took a sip of brown and lumpy milk, I think that's a wrap for me. But yeah, then I'd be like, oh, milk is great. Like, I'd be yeah. completely off of cow milk forever. Do you think this is food club? It could be food club. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, I know because I don't think milking is part. Mm. Well, she's the not... same one who like was teaching like the basket weaving class. So like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like Ghost 4-H. It is Ghost 4-H. I'll give you that. I think what's happening is is that because if you is it this point or was it earlier where they like where the Boy Scout is going around and being like and then next week uh, and then Thursday you're going to talk about this 
or and and you're gonna talk about eating an egg for the first time and then the the, the other one was like i didn't like it. and he's like please 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 save it so i think maybe they just do yeah and, that's food club that's stuff. what i'm talking about yeah He's, he says tomorrow food club will meet and that's when they have the egg joke that's why i said i wonder if this is part of food club you remember when we talked about that scene earlier right nope no, nope. Gordo, I'll take your vacant, silent stare as a no. <laughs> I didn't hear the food club. I just whole thought discussion. they were just sharing. Whole, discu- we, we, whole thing. Now, here's a question. Do you think, I mean, is that a bummer? Or do you, do you think you crave food and mm. miss food? Mm. They have to because they can't interact with anything. So how would they even be able to eat? Well, so I mean, I'm not saying that you can't. And obviously, you can't eat. But do you think that if you're dead like that, do you miss eating? Or like you're like, like imagine like we're all dead, and that's been a hundred years, and we're all sitting here having a conversation about like chicken parm versus eggplant parm, and then we're all just like, "Fuck, I wish I could eat it." Or do you like do you lose that sense of it? I'm sure you lose hunger, but you probably miss the taste of food because that's why humans make food taste good in the first place. It's a good like it tastes. You good. enjoy eating. Yeah, you enjoy it. Well, I, I would imagine, too, that, like, if you're hanging around this house, you're seeing people cook at some point, right? Sure, but like, can you smell? Mm, I don't know. Because so much of food cooking that you want it is, like, the smell. It's, like, coffee, food, right? I'm All trying to remember smell, if they can smell it, you know? Mary, because we know that Mary's thing is that she smells, like, burnt. So I don't right, know if she they can burnt. smell that. Yeah, I don't know if they can smell that or if that's just something that people, like in the mortal world can smell. I'm going to go on the limb and say they have a lot of their like living qualities because they still sleep. So I would assume they still yeah, smell and still other stuff like that. I will say though, I always think about this sort of dumb stuff where it's like, if I was a ghost sleep is important. You know why? Cause it gets boring when you don't sleep. I've had insomnia before. I've had to take like sleeping pills you go like three or four days in a row where it's three in the morning and no one is around, nothing is on TV, you start fucking losing your mind. That fraternity would be awful. There is nothing good that happens past midnight, between midnight and seven, you know? They all have each other. Misery loves company. True. That's true. So anyways, during this milking lesson, <laughs> whatever is going on, is when the car pulls up and Mike and Allison are returning to the house, which they're all kind of shocked to see because they weren't even sure if Allison was alive at this point in time. And in the car is when we find out that Mike had the place surveyed. It was a thing that came up earlier. I don't know why it was like this big secret that he had the place surveyed. I think that's like a normal thing to have checked. A level three building survey, which is a specific to the UK type of survey, which goes through all of the structural and like electrical and plumbing stuff. And then also gives you a breakdown of what the cost might be. So that's why he knows the level of it. It was a well. The reason why it was a secret, Jay, is because it didn't go well, and because she was in the hospital, he didn't want to stress her out. So he oh, didn't okay, tell that her. makes sense. Because I was like, he's like hiding it from her, but like that's very like they were gonna have to do that at one point. It wasn't like we we never must know. Um, so no, that does make I think sense. It's like a maybe no stress thing. They're right. Maybe you it was in the timing. hospital, and they're like, don't give him stress. So what happens in the car is he reveals that he did have it surveyed. It's not good. It's gonna be very expensive, but. He took out a big personal loan and he's already hired some people to help work on these renovations. We see like the van pull up with all these contractors and stuff who are going to work on this house. Now, once they're out of the car, you have this shot now and Allison standing there as some of these contractors and stuff are walking by. Julian, the politician who pushed her, happens to be standing nearby and she turns over to him and she's like, hey, you need to have a hard hat on. 
so she can see him. So now this is like the, I think they inch towards it. We saw like the, the, the figures in the background when things were fuzzy. We had her mention that she technically died for a minute, but this was the real reveal when she looks right at him and and says something directly to him. So now we basically learn that when Julian pushed her, because she technically died for a finite amount of time, she has now unlocked the ability to see all these ghosts. You know how great that is for them, though? They have someone on the outside now to get them stuff, to, to update. the. Ho- I know they don't want the hospital. I mean, they don't want the hotel there. But they can have, like, they want furniture. They want, like, lighting. They want TV, anything. Like, yeah. Strike a compromise. Yeah, just be yeah. able to contact at all is, is a big advantage for them. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea, too, of, like, the two, like, later guys trying to think of, like, British stuff, too, where it's like, ooh, ooh, can you get some Gary Glitter music? And they're being like, ooh, we don't want to talk about that. I don't know if we should talk about that. <laughs> like, all this stuff that's happened to Nick Glitter every time, like, how's Lady <laughs> Die doing? Like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to tell you about this. <laughs> she wasn't killed by the crown because of paparazzi, was she? Like, no. And now Julian is, like, shocked that she spoke to him and, like, runs off and tells all the other ghosts. And now we go back to Allison again, and she's talking to Mike and saying how she's having, like, second thoughts about this whole project. And, you know, like, is it worth it? And, like, maybe they should have sold the house from the beginning. And Mike's like, no, like, you know, we're going to make your dreams come true. And while Mike's trying to comfort her and talk to her, like, while they're standing in this big room, you start to see, like, behind Mike, all these ghosts one by one are walking through the walls and entering the room. But now Allison can see each and every one of them as they're entering the room. So obviously he has no idea. But as he's talking and talking and talking, she's becoming more and more frightened because the room is filling with all these ghosts that are walking into the room and are completely surrounding him. You know, Mike's trying to say like, you know, like he thinks her fear is the fear of the pressures of the house. And he's trying to say like, no, I understand why you're scared. Basically, the last thing we get is she looks over and sees that headless body. Just the body. Yeah, just the body part. And like lets out like a wild scream. And then that cuts right into the credits. I think the best way to end it, right? Like, yes, I don't want to tip hands again or whatever. But like, do you not want to see episode two? Like, that's a great like you should watch the next episode type of ending. Right, and Nick, Nick, who's not here? Nick loves a good cliffhanger. Nick would greenlight it based on that. You know, this reminded me, this ending kind of reminded me of, like, The the Good Place. Almost kind Agreed. of the same yeah. premise, almost, but with that intense cliffhanger. What yeah, what fork? we're getting here, which, which, and what's nice about it is, like we say, it's like, it's not even, like, quite cliffhangery. I mean, it is, but what it is is the excitement of, oh, now we're going to, like, delve into it. Like, now we're going to get the yeah. real, like... Her interacting with all these ghosts, what's that dynamic? What's going to happen from this point forward? There's so many questions that you're left with at this point in time that you're like forced to want to watch that next episode, which is a really smart cutting point. We've talked about this in other shows. There's times where a show will be great and just not, it ends it on a weird note. Like they don't know Mm -hmm. where to end it sometimes. They add an extra scene or like a shitty joke or something like that. And this was good. You got the big reveal and then... Right to the credits. And that's like, it's a great way to just want to continue on. Don't overstay your welcome. Yeah. Like when you end on a high note, don't fuck it up. Yeah. I didn't need that. Like so many shows feel that pressure. Like they need to have, she screams and then it cuts to a ghost and be like, what she's screaming for. And you know, like, <laughs> like, right. you know, and like, why she's so afraid. Yeah. 
And um, I, I, yeah, so I just think it's it was it was a great point to like just cut it right there and and make the person want to watch that next episode. And that was it. That was the entirety of it. And when shows end like this, does anybody else uh, like my brain now just hears like bump 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 like I just hear <laughs> yeah. the curb music whenever an episode ends like that every time now. It was weird to not have like that. I mean, the, the world we live in now to just not have that countdown to the next episode. You know, like. Right, yeah, right. Because I'm so used to watching everything on like a different streaming service, and this is one of a one-off watch. I have to find where to watch this. I really need to see what happens, and then I, I, I don't know if I'll hold off until the U.S. one until next year, but I do want to finish this one. Yeah, and like I said, I know it's gone four series. I don't know if it's continuing on or not. I forget off the top of my head. I think it said it was done because I think this is 2019 to 2020 or 2022. Maybe, oh, it did have a I definitive end that... date, so they ended it after the fourth series. I believe so. That is one thing. And we've talked about that before too. Like a big difference between like UK and US shows. Not only do UK series versus our seasons have way less episodes typically, but also they do not overstay their welcome on most shows. Even like these hit shows are like, nope, we're good. Two seasons. That's yeah, all they, we wanted. They tend to plan a start and a finish. Unless, yeah, unless, unless you're like Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. Or Red Dwarf. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's exceptions. I will say we were driving the other day to the, to run errands, and there was somebody who had like I forget what the number was, but I said it was something like the ninth doctor because you can have anything you want here. And I made a joke to my wife, and I was like, "Do you think that's a Doctor Who thing?" And then I just typed in like the ninth doctor to Google, oh, Chris and immediately Eccleson? popped up. Then it was just like, "Oh, from 1994 to 1987, the ninth doctor was this doctor in Doctor Who." I was like, "Holy shit, that really is what it is." This person is the nerdiest license plate of all time. <laughs> Ferg just said his name. Yeah, it's Christopher Eccleston. I don't think it was. This is from the mid '90s. I mean, that might have been the right one. No, Do you know the ninth, that well? He, he's the ninth Doctor. Is it? I mean, I'm, I, can someone can someone verify tenth, that? Tenth is David Tennant. Look it up. Look, it's the one from the mid '90s. I'm not saying it was ninth. I am not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying I don't remember exactly what. I don't know if it's in my search history. Hold on. Typing in Doctor is just going to pull up all the terrible things where I'm looking at my phone at three in the morning, and being like, "Am I going to die?" And just to like, and again to compare, tenth Doctor. Talk about- it's a tenth Doctor. Oh, David Tennant. David Tennant, you're correct. From uh, he started in my the favorite Doctor. invasion in 2005, and he was in it until 2010. I just want to compare again. What you talk about, like the exception to the rule shows, and you mentioned Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, despite being around for over 30 years, only has like gaps. 74 episodes. Yeah, it's right? a lot of lot yeah. of gaps in time. And it did end. It came back though. Not the point. In all that time, 74 episodes have come out. In comparison, Hey Dude has 65 episodes. Right, and it was for four <laughs> years straight. Right. So, like, yeah. you know, like, that's, that's a difference in time. Like, that's how we treat shows versus them in a lot of these situations. And that is a show that has at least seven different episodes of subplots about one kid being sad he can't skateboard in the sand. Like, there's <laughs> not a lot of depth in Hey Dude. It's it just, like, it just th- that comparison of just, like, you know, sheer amount of, like, episodes per season, how things, you know, how long things last. Because even then, like, even with those gaps for, like... They've gone 12 series, uh, seasons in our case, but 12 seasons of Red Dwarf has only lasted, you know, 70-something episodes. So it is a, it just completely and over different. over 35 hobby. years, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, Red Dwarf is kind of, like, follows along, like, our lifetimes, I think, pretty much. Yeah, but even if they went 12 consecutive years, just that amount of episodes is so much shorter than what we would have on a 12-year run of a show here. And to any of the listeners right now who are coming at us uh, for the first time, who are big BBC fans, we did cover Red Dwarf, one of the greatest shows of all time, and it's in the archives. We've got a few in the in our in our back pocket now. So, um, Bobby Red Dwarf, served. we've done Faulty Towers. Are you being served? 
Father Ted. Father Ted. So yeah, we've we've got a few under our belt now. The IT crowd. Yes, the IT crowd. Yeah, yeah, that was an early one. I don't want to just start rambling on for the sake of it because, you know, our episodes get a little lofty anyways, but yeah, like ghosts, let's just end. <laughs> yeah. Let's just All right, cut to the credits. Bye. <laughs> no, um no, so we're going to do our uh green letter cancel. Uh obviously we're a four man today, so depending on how the vote goes and there's a potential tiebreaker, uh Nick's vote still counts and that would be represented on a graphic that we usually post on our Instagram later in the week after the release of the episode. I have a strong feeling that his vote won't necessarily be the thing that decides whether or not this is a green light or a cancel. But with that in mind, we're going to go through it. I'm going to go in the order. I see you and Joe starting with you. I usually give, we always talk about like, would you watch the next episode? Right. And then I sometimes think on top of that, would I want to watch an episode like the next episode and like ask my wife, like, Hey, we should watch this. Or would I even say, Hey, you should watch this. You'd enjoy it. It's not my thing. This for me is like, this was great. I want to watch more of this. I will rewatch the first one so we can watch it together and then binge through all of it. Cause I think you'll really like it too. I think that's a good sign where you can say, Hey, look, I'd rewatch the first one with you so that we can catch up together. Like when you're willing to rewatch the first episode of a show so you can catch somebody up and enjoy the experience together. I think that says like pretty much everything about it. Right. And like I said earlier, it's King Ralph meets faulty towers meets Beetlejuice. How could anybody not love that premise? This is an amazing show. I'm so glad I know about it now. And it's a green light. Gordo. Yeah, this is a proper show. Uh, it, it's a green light. It's, it's really well shot. Writing is really great. And it left you on a proper cliffhanger. Like, so regardless, like, regardless of, of other aspects of the show you kind of want to just keep watching just based on the ending alone now i don't know if future episodes stay this length i kind of hope that they're a little bit shorter but this episode didn't feel like it like dragged on at all i was captivated from like point a to point b from front to back And I want to see, I might actually go and search this out and actually watch episode two. So green light for me. Sure. Yeah, it's not much more to say that it hasn't already been said. I agree with Joe and Gordo. It's a green light for me. I love the giant, it's a giant ensemble cast, but you get to know what every single one of them is about in a short time. I know it's a, a longer sitcom. But it's still a very short time to learn that many people and you you get a very good idea about them. The writing is very smart. Yeah, it's just perfect. I I love British sitcoms. Yeah, nothing else to say. Green light. For me, I typically don't love British sitcoms. And I will say that this is one of those things that we, we kind of talk about this over and over again. We didn't really say it today. Is it a sitcom? I don't know. I don't know if it's a sitcom, uh, the way it's shot and stuff, but very funny, very well shot. Uh, the writing was great. Not many things I'd complain about. The the only nitpicky thing I'd say is sometimes I thought the caveman was a little too cartoony for me compared to like every other character. And I I, I thought it could have been a little. Did you want him to sell you Geico? You're the caveman king. What are you talking about? I prefer when my cavemen live in a modern world and work at an Ikea and (laughs) play the Wii. But any event, no, Uh, I thought the show was really good. It was very clever. Like we said, it ended at a perfect point to be forced to want to watch the next episode. So it's a green light for me. So again, 
kind of suspected this. Regardless of Nick's vote, you already have four out of five, so instant green light. So congratulations to Ghost. You do live on to see episode two from us. Again, I want to thank all of you guys who listen to us every week and anyone who's new to us. Continue to listen on for the rest of this month as we go over our spooky, dooky, unnamed, titled Halloween October Fest of shows. We got two more in line for you, so keep listening in for those. But uh, until next week, thank you guys so much for listening right now. Go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media. Hit us up. Let us know shows you want us to cover. Just tell us hello and uh, tell us how you found us and things you like of the show and things you don't like. You know, it's, it's good to have those conversations. But thank you guys for listening. I won't keep rambling on. Thank you. Catch you again next week. Goodbye. I think we got the best 91 election speech.